I'm Dave Minaco, the Alan Meyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to the From My Angle podcast. In this, the final episode of the 2019 podcast season, I invited some colleagues of mine to share their unique perspective on the theme of belonging at Parish. It's been said that you can't go home again, but can't you? Or at least if you do, can you go back as a different version of yourself and experience the same sense of belonging you may have initially felt? My guests on this episode of the podcast can provide their personal reflection on a version of this returning home question. That's because each graduated from Parish Episcopal and has returned here to work as an employee. Of course, independent schools like Parish commonly have alumni on their employee roles, but for a young school like Parish, which will graduate only its 13th class of seniors in 2020, this is still a new and exciting phenomenon. After all, our oldest graduates are just cresting their 30th birthdays. So to welcome a young core of our graduates back to Parish affords us an infusion of energy and a connection to our history that heretofore we have not experienced. But how does it feel to these Parish alums to be back in this community with a new identity? What brought them back to seek belonging here professionally? Which elements of the Parish community still feel similar to them and which have changed? Joining me for this conversation were four of the six present employees who graduated from Parish. Lauren Henderson, our Associate Director of Alumni Affairs and a member of Parish Episcopal School's first graduating class in 2007. Juan Hernandez, who returned this year to teach middle school art and graduated from Parish in 2009. Juan's classmate, Ingrid Torres, who's a member of our Center for College and Life Planning team. And Brookie Hughes who's the youngest member of this alumni corps, having graduated in 2013 and teaches math in our upper school. I know you will enjoy this conversation with some fun and talented members of our alumni and employee communities. Well, welcome to the From My Angle podcast. This is the last podcast episode of 2019, and I've got a great group of employees and former students at Parish, which is going to make this fun as we look at the theme of belonging one more time for the fall here. What's interesting about this one is that old axiom that you can't come home again and all of these individuals have found belonging here both as a student and now as employees and so we're going to explore what it's like to try to find belonging at Parish twice. So let's get our guests to introduce themselves. I've got three of our six graduate employees with me today. So this is uh, fantastic. And we'll start, I think, appropriately (laughs) uh, with the member of the first graduating class, the esteemed class of 2007. So Lauren Henderson, introduce yourself to us. Hi, I'm Lauren Henderson, class of 07. Um, I have been at Parish eight years now, working in the advancement office, and my roles have evolved over the years, but I currently serve as the Associate Director of Alumni Relations for our parish alumni and parents of alumni, and I'm excited to be here. We're glad to have you. Ingrid, are one of our two new employees here with us uh, today. Tell us about your present role and when you, when you showed up on the parish doorstep for the first time. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Ingrid Torres, uh, class of 09. So it's been <laughs> 10 years. Um, started at parish as a seventh grader. Um, and this is my first year back um, working for the Center of College and Life Planning. Um, so excited to be back. Yeah, working upstairs with those seniors busily 
and excitedly and anxiously waiting on uh, college return news here uh, as the uh, as we get deeper into the admission season. And Juan. Yes, uh, I'm Juan Hernandez Jr. Um, I'm class of 2009. I started here at sixth grade, and now I'm back teaching middle school art. So one teacher, one person in the college uh, office, and one in uh, advancement. So we've got a nice, uh, I think, a nice range. Brookie, Brookie Hughes couldn't be with us, an upper school math uh, teacher, Maya Saker, who's working with our middle school math program, couldn't make it today, nor could Fallon Thornhall, formerly Schneider who works over in the lower school in pre-K. So let's go and talk about your Paris story. You all mentioned at least in, um, in context when you graduated, but uh, what brought you What brought you to Parrish in, in uh, the first place? How'd you find, how'd you find, the, how'd you find it? When did you enter grade-wise? Kind of dig into, our, dig into your, your startup experience yeah. here. Uh, Lauren Henderson, I started in kindergarten, 1994. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a true lifer. I've Parish been here. Day, li- Parish fact. Day, yep. 1994. Uh, I vividly remember walking into my kindergarten class and my teacher, Mrs. Lori Moore, who's, I don't even know her married name now, but um, yeah, uh, really not sure how my parents found out about this. Yeah, school. you were not a member of Church Transfiguration. No, was or, not right. at all. Um, I honestly don't know how my parents yeah. found out about Parish, um, but have been at Parrish ever since and graduated uh, 12 years later in the class of 07. Yeah, you so did. Your parents definitely didn't know when they brought you here in 94, you'd no. be graduating from the high school here. Not that at we can, all. That we can no. say with, with, with certitude. Exactly. And, and I have it, a twin sister too, yeah. Ashley uh, Adair. And um, we just moved up every every grade. Each each time. Each time. And Ingrid and Juan are both, uh, si- both siblings. Uh, you both are, have siblings who were at school with you too. So both having graduated in the same class, t- tell us how you all uh, how you all came to, to be here. Juan, you want to start uh, with your family's connection? Sure. Um, I found out about Parrish because my older brother is part of the original uh, 2007 graduating class. Um, so naturally, uh, my parents were interested in also putting me in Parrish. And I started here in Parrish in sixth grade. And ironically, I get to teach sixth graders now. <laughs> so uh, kind of back to my old stomping grounds. Um, but yeah, th- that's how me and my family found out about Parish. Yeah, so Jesse was already here. Yes. Did you did you come over um, from St. Phillips? Yeah, yeah. so uh, me and my siblings have all kind of trailed each other yeah. uh, from St. Phillips uh, to Parish. Yep, yeah. and Eric and Lupe followed uh, followed you. So there have been four Hernandezes that yeah, have uh, so graduated four, from Parish. Yeah, yeah four generations have <laughs> come through St. Phillips and Parish, and yeah. and many in our community may know Juan Senior or at least see Juan Senior. Absolutely. So it's it's kind of nice that I get to also see my father every day, and because uh, because he works here, part of the custodial staff. And uh, the kids are always asking me, hey, there's another Juan and that works here. Who's that? And I'm like, oh, that's my father. And so now they kind of start to look at him and start looking at me like, y'all do look alike. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And Ingrid? So I came over uh, my seventh grade year from BISD. So I was one of those families that Mr. Evans Mink worked with. Um, and he kind of shared a little bit more about Parrish. And my parents just kind of trusted him, took a leap of faith. And my sister and I both graduated from Paris, so Astrid is class of 2011. Right. Um, and we just 
loved our experience here. Did Astrid come at the same the same year you did, or did she follow she a couple her years later? Grade year. Yeah, her yeah. seventh grade year. Mm-hmm. Evans made uh, by the way of a minor digression, uh, a, a real hero of sorts in the early years of, of Parish and broadly in the Metroplex. He was a, a faculty member uh, at St. Mark's who just took an interest in going uh, really uh, throughout the DISD schools, finding by talking to principals and counselors and others, uh, young people of talent who uh, he felt deserved uh, an opportunity for uh, an independent school education. And he would uh, take the initiative to connect those families to the various independent schools uh, around town. But in those early years of Parrish's high school, 2003 to 2007, um, and, and a little bit beyond that, uh, Evans brought some really tremendous uh, young people here, one of whom sitting with us today in Ingrid. So it's not as relevant a question to you, Lauren, because you were here as a, as a biddy, but, yeah. you know, Juan and Ingrid, as you guys came here, I've been talking about this, this, uh, this theme of belonging and what it really means to, to find that sense of, of, of comfort and fit in a place, whether it's a work environment or church or neighborhood community, in this instance, as students at a school. What are your earliest relec- uh, recollections of the challenges of finding a sense of belonging here and uh, maybe uh, of ultimately finding your points of connection here? You, you remember the, the good, bad, and ugly of your uh, first, uh, first days here, Ingrid, when you came to, came to Parish? Sure. So I went to a DISD elementary school um, which had a pretty big Hispanic-Latino representation. Mm-hmm. So coming to Parish, it was definitely something different. Um, I had a handful of students that I felt looked like me and shared similar values. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did take me some time to adjust to find my place. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think middle school was that perfect time for me to kind of figure that out and navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was lucky enough to be surrounded by like some really nice kids that, at that time. Um, and then once I found my footing, it became more comfortable, uh, more of a sense of home, mm-hmm. per se. Yep. What do you remember, Juan? Um, well, transitioning from St. Philip's to Parish, uh, Parish was a lot bigger, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit intimidating. Uh, having a, uh, you know, bigger class size, uh, the building was huge to me back then, mm-hmm. um, so it was a little bit intimidating. But uh, I feel like that. I feel like being the new kid on the block is always, that's always a feeling. Uh, but later on, I found my niche within art, and I kind of ba- became uh, like the go-to person. Mm-hmm. For, for anything art, like mm-hmm. whether my friends needed like help with designs within their art classes or whatnot. So that's kind of where I found my niche. Yeah, with a, you all both happen to be um, ethnic ethnically d- diverse. And so were your points of, of disconnection or uh, unfamiliarity here uh, in any way accentuated by the fact that you came from uh, from a different racial demographic than a majority of the parish students? Or was it just really more about being new to a, a North Dallas community coming from the neighborhoods and places where you had lived and the schools you'd gone to previously? What, what do you, what do you, how do you reflect upon that one? Um, I think it's a combination of everything. Because um, most of the students that were already here, you know, all kind of lived within the same area. They're all kind of already familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, their families knew, uh, knew each other. And me being from South Dallas, I was that was new to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then them being from this area was new was new to me. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a combination of everything, not only being new, but being from different areas, uh, different backgrounds, different cultures. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like everyone ha- had to kind of learn each other. Yeah. But ultimately, you came to find that that sense of comfort for you through art, or ultimately being here for a period. Of yeah, time. through art, and then uh, uh, Coach Natty Scott Natty uh, got me into football, uh-huh. and that that helped me tremendously to to branch out yeah. and uh, um, become more comfortable with, with, with with everyone. Yeah. yeah. What do you remember, Ingrid, um, on 
I would agree. I think another thing that I'll add that was a little bit different was socioeconomic background. Um, it was just a lot more obvious transitioning here um, than it was in elementary school. And I think as a sixth grader, you don't really pick up on those things. Um, but it was just a completely different environment, different religions also. Like I went to my first like bat mitzvah, bar mitzvahs at the time. So I had to kind of learn a little bit mm. more about that yep. um, because of our culture is just the quinceanera and that's the norm. Yep. Um, so just being like exposed to different backgrounds. Yeah, and we are a more racially diverse student population than we were at the time that you all came. We're close to 30% student diversity now. We have about 20 different religious faiths in our 1,150 students. Uh, so elements that you are referring to were certainly present then, but as we've gotten to be uh, larger and serve 75 zip codes for the Metroplex, you know, you're just parish has, has continued to, to, to arc in that direction. Uh, Brookie Hughes has joined us. Hi, Brookie. Hi. We're glad you're, we're glad you're here. Uh, do you want to tell everyone, uh, our listeners, when you came to parish what, uh, when, and from where you came and, and what grade level year? Um, I came in high school as a sophomore. I transferred in um, in high school and I came from Highland Park. Graduated in 2013. 13, right. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the the relative babe in the in the in, <laughs> yeah. the, in the group today uh, have graduated most most recently. Mm-hmm. So Lauren and Bricky, like when you guys think back to your experience here, what what were the uh, um, Jesse mentioned uh, Juan mentioned art. So what were the elements for you? Like where were those places that you began to really lock in and find your sense of fit? And maybe it was less difficult for you, Lauren, because you were here for so long. But, Brooke, you came kind of middle of high school. Like, where, what helped you ground here and find your point of connection and comfort in this community? Do you guys have I points of recollection on that? Literally, I mean, we had the smallest graduating class with 46 classmates. So we were almost forced in a sense. I wouldn't say forced, but uh, we were able to just make it just fine and befriend everyone in the class and literally know them to a point where we knew first middle and last name mm-hmm. i mean we were that close so finding a fit was not um something that was difficult mm-hmm. for me um and just being here for that length of time yeah. was was made it easy for me yeah which yeah. talks a lot about the challenge of the journey for the different um individuals who make up our community right yeah. we've got lifers there's i think 37 right. lifers in this yeah. year's senior Quite class mm-hmm. not of 46 of yeah. 100 and a yeah. uh, hundred plus, right? And yeah. so there's 38 lifers there. They've been together for a long time. And then we get a new influx of students in ninth grade and beyond. And, and so, you know, the community has to be has to be built along the way. Right. Um, and it's not always a, an easy uh, prospect to navigate. What right. do you remember, Brookie, about coming in? Was it sports for you? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, uh, sports, soccer. Um, yeah. I knew some girls in my class from playing club over the years. So I was kind of brought into the soccer community right away. Mm-hmm. And so that was just really nice to have. Yeah. Have that coming in. So when you dust off your student memory bank, you know, your parish <laughs> student memory bank, what are the prevailing images for you, the top two or three images that, you know, you just think back to and they're as clear as the day you walk the, the hallways here? My, mine's would be Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just walking mm-hmm. onto that field. Well, when I started, there was no field. Exactly. When I started, it was rocks <laughs> and, right. and dirt. <laughs> And, uh, Football program started in two thousand and six. Yeah. Uh, back in the in the parking lot, yes. uh, essentially in the parking lot where, where the students are. where the students park now yeah. along the along the townhomes. Yeah, uh, on that on that side of campus, that south side of campus. And we barely had enough to make a whole team. Right. I think we had two subs, so I I had to play both ways. And but I, I still love all those memories, uh, even though you know Coach Natty ran us to death, but. 
it was it was good memories. There was yeah. a rhyme behind all that reason, right? Absolutely. His two state championships came in the Coach Natty in the next uh, five or six five or six years. Yeah. I even remember I walked by he uh, officed in, during my time in high school. He officed where now the business office mm-hmm. offices, and he had a just a printout from the computer or something that he designed. That was just a f- it was a football or something like that, and it said, "If you build it, they will yeah. come." And walking by that every day, my classmates were like, "No way! Mm-hmm. There's no way we're gonna have a football stadium." And here we are. Yeah, right. Go to the state championship tomorrow to championship. as you record this, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's still a bit of big fall for Absolutely. football. What other images do come to mind for you all as you think think back? What's uh, what's running through your head, Brookie? Um, I think soccer, like winning three state championships. Yeah. Um, that was like pretty incredible um to come into a team like that um Mm -hmm. i think also just the support from teachers um was just like unreal and just so cool to have that um and i think just being exposed to different types of schools from teaching over the past couple of years and like reflecting back on that like Mm -hmm. it was really awesome to have teachers in particular who's uh who's 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 uh face pops up before you uh, more frequently than others or no i think i have two uh-huh. um miss addington mm-hmm. um i found out my college acceptance in her class oh my goodness um and so i think both of us will never forget you that, that moment that's yeah. cool um and then like miss vega like i inspire a lot of my teaching things based off of her binder system and things like that oh so still those here two, yeah. yes and now colleagues yeah which is, which is yeah. interesting <laughs> um we actually had our homecoming homecoming dances on campus those were some of my most fond memories. I love the social events. Uh, the dances took place in the cafeteria. They now don't even take place on campus any longer, but um, that was just a vivid memory of mine. And Gary Gordon's choir back in the day, we had a massive upper school choir that that uh, traveled and, and sang. Um, and uh, obviously the first prom our senior year at the Tower Club was... A vivid memory of mine and mm-hmm. just it just you know going through the emotions of all the new things that yep. no one had lived out before us so and I would just like to reiterate what Brookie said the relationships with teachers mm-hmm. I think it'd be remiss if I didn't like give Dr. Cheppy a shout out because mm-hmm. he started with us as seventh graders mm-hmm. and he continued to just move up um, up into the upper school mm-hmm. um, and that's probably the teacher that I had a really solid relationship mm-hmm. with um and I really just valued his opinion and he wasn't shy like he just told me told me like it is and I felt like I kind of needed that as a high schooler yeah I would say it's arising this first part of the conversation one thing that makes you feel like you belong to a place is when you can <clears throat> contribute to the shape it takes mm-hmm. and each of us me included have been at Parrish in its um in its nascent stage and it's still really embryonic stage in ways that we've all been able to contribute and, and shape it. And that's what makes Parrish so unique, right? Is that um, first graduating class, you know, siblings in those first graduating classes, even up to Brookie graduating in 2013, when many of our signature programs that we know today, the Academy of Global Studies, the Leadership Institute, Parrish STEM and the Rover, and all those things that are relatively part and parcel of, of who we are today, we're just getting started, right? And so we've all had this opportunity to put our fingerprints on it. And when that happens, you feel a greater sense of ownership rather than if you drop into a place that's been around for decades and decades and you are just sort of asked to fit into the way we do business around here mm-hmm. and that entrepreneurial spirit, that sense of creationism that is part of the uh, parish uh, story um, is something that I think is really is a really powerful part of the, mm-hmm. part of the experience for us. So post-parish, 
you left. What was the greatest gift that you took from Parish with you? And you can use this time to tell us where you went after um, after Parish. But if you really were to try to cinch it down to the one gift that this community of belonging and and in this inclusive Episcopal community sent you off with, what what was it when you left here? What are you most thankful for, really, in that regard? I'll start. Um, so I went off to Baylor University <coughs> in August of 2007 and um, had a wonderful time there. Um, but my time here, I think the greatest gift Parish could ever offer me is that one-on-one relationship that we could have with our teachers because our class size was so small. Mm-hmm. So we had no fear of going into their class mm-hmm. into their offices and 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 even after their you know office hours and and asking for assistance or just kind of just getting to know them. I mean, so the one-on-one conversations that we were able to have outside of the classroom in their office, I was able to carry that on to my college career and have no fear going to my professor or shooting my professor an email or, you know, so just having that confidence going into college to be able to do that. And And what did you major in at Baylor? I was uh, corporate communications. Mm, Played well into the advancement, well. the advancement world. Did. What, what do you remember, Ingrid, or what do you think you're the greatest um, thing you carried away in your parish satchel? I think just grit, both academically mm. and socially. Um, I felt I felt really prepared academically to handle the rigor at college. Um, the soft skills that I learned here to communicate with my professors, to take advantage of those office hours, um, but also not to shy away from branching out, trying out something different mm-hmm. um so i went to spring hill college in alabama knew one person for mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and that was it so i kind mm-hmm. of needed to find find a new home yep. uh, and really just branch out get to meet new people uh, and kind of make myself comfortable there after being at parish for six years yeah th- you talked in your earlier comments about the delta of coming here how mm-hmm. it was different in so many significant ways to you but it sounds like uh persevering through that steeled you Yes. To go out of state uh, to a place where you knew very few people and take on the challenges of college. Right, and I'm lucky enough to like have learned that at a young age that I felt prepared me for that college transition and even just professionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I learned many lessons on the football field, but this lesson came kind of from St. Phillips, and then right here it was instilled even deeper. Mm. Um, but the lesson was things that are worth doing won't be easy and things that are easy won't be worth doing. Mm. Mm. So just having that type of mentality has carried me um, where I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you left here? Uh, I went to uh, Savannah College of Art and Design. To SCAD. Yeah, yeah, I believe I was the first graduate yeah. to, to go to an art-based school. Yep. And uh, that was a beautiful experience. Um, got to meet many great people, um, a lot of creative minds. But you and your brother, and, uh, you know, Jesse went off to Notre Dame, and then yeah, you, you Je- went to SCAD. So your your yeah. family very much, uh, and and perhaps the parish community very much, again uh, said, look look beyond, you know, absolutely uh, f- f- venture out, venture forth. Yeah, because all my me and my siblings were all very different. Um, like you said, my brother went on to Notre Dame. Um, he's he's about to be a doctor now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a teacher. My younger brother, um, he's a uh, business and marketing. Right. Um, my little sister, she's about to graduate from UNT as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, yep. we're all very different. Yep. Yeah. What was your greatest takeaway if you think back, Brookie? Um, I have a couple. I think adding on to the like ideas of grit and resilience, mm-hmm. we're definitely instilled here. Um, 
but also uh, having a servant heart. Um, mm. Community service was such a big part of my experience mm. here at Parish, and mm. it was like like said over and over again, like all the opportunities were given out and everything. And I made an incredible relationship with Miss O'Rear. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think just carrying that into my life now, it's like, it stayed with me mm-hmm. since. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even in college too, like yep. I would always try to like give back to the community in some way with my sorority or when I came back home, like one summer during college, like I was volunteering and then like I had this dream to start a nonprofit and like that's all started to go, so. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. a big piece of that service mm-hmm. component. And you left, you went off yeah. to Yale and mm-hmm. uh, rode and uh, did a lot of uh, sorority activities and leadership activities there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think as you as you think about where you all sit today, you're all in education. A couple of you are actually teaching. Uh, for you, Juan and Brookie, when you think about that call to teach, uh, when did you first start to feel pulled in the direction of, of teaching? Um, for me, um, giving back has always been part of the plan. Mm-hmm. So I've been part of the plan to give back to um, everyone that has helped me get to where I am. Um, so I believe that God kind of puts you in your in your lane. Mm. And um, I, I felt like I tried to resist teaching um, in my early years. But I always work with kids. I've been working with kids since I was in my teens. And it started off with like uh, the Big Brother, Big Sister program that we had here at Parish. And I kind of never stopped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even in, uh, while I was in college, I would find uh, you know, different places to volunteer with kids and, and, and teach them what I had to offer with, through my art. And uh, then and you I taught at St. Phil's before you came here. Absolutely. So yeah. when you, as soon as you left SCAD, what was the first thing you did after SCAD? Um, after SCAD, then I spent some time in the Art of Dallas. Yeah. And after the Art of Dallas, um, I was doing a bunch of freelance work within uh, graphic design. But that's when you were still kind of stiff arming this call yeah, to teach. Yeah, I, I, I was. When still, did you finally give in? Like, what was it? Or a phone call? A, a, a um, message? An experience where you were just like, I just gotta go. I gotta go teach. Honestly, um, I got like a random like spam email about teaching. And You're I was kidding. just like, <laughs> I was like, why do I keep getting this? And I, well, I was like, well, you know, I'll click on it. And I just and I it, it I kind of got into the rabbit hole of just like reading and then clicking on another link and reading more about it. Sound like and, God went digital. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then, that's the time I'm going to get him in his lane. I'm going to yeah. keep sending him these spam emails. And then and then I was uh, I was at St. Phillips and I was volunteering the after school care program. And uh, another volunteer was like, have you ever thought about becoming a teacher? And I was like, nah. He's like, look, my mom works at this school. Why don't you just give her a call? He's like, let me write down the info, give her a call. And then I gave her a call. And I think within like two months, I was like in the classroom as a teacher. And yeah, I was working in DISD. Off and on your way. Yeah, so. And Brookie, you followed a path that many young people today have chosen, which was uh, Teach for America. So I, I take us back though, what, what even pulled you to think about Teach for America as a, as a potential pathway? Um, I like reflecting back on it. I think it started like honestly with my time as a student here at Parish with um, serving with the Rise School of Dallas, a school for special needs kids. Um, so that kind of always stuck with me, and I had a really big passion for working with kids. Mm-hmm. So I took some classes, at, like ch- child psychology classes in college, and like part of the class was to go observe in a preschool and like mm-hmm. help the kids and teach and everything. So like 
kind of like Juan said, like I had this like passion for working with kids um, mm-hmm. always. And then um, summer before my senior year of college, I went to Cape Town, South Africa, and I served with this nonprofit. And it was the same, like a spam email that went through <laughs> that said, go to Cape Town or Jamaica. And I like just took this leap of faith and applied. And that month in Cape Town was the most incredible experience. I worked with um, different groups of kids in a township there and taught them math and literacy. Um, and there's this one little boy named Lakaya who like he just loved math so much and it just like kind of sparked my love for math and I was like I need to do that type of work Mm. here Mm. Um, so when I went back up for school I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and so I applied to Teach for America and it Mm -hmm. just seemed like that's the direction that God wanted me to go in yeah and remind me where you placed for with Teach for America so your first three years of teaching with Teach for America were here in Dallas in Dallas Mm -hmm. in uh, what 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 part of Dallas Pleasant Grove you were were Pleasant Grove Mm -hmm. right at Spruce High School at Spruce Mm -hmm. which is now where you're also your nonprofit is is seeking to do it's do it's it's good it's good work yeah um yeah so I when I spoke to the seniors at uh, senior dinner several years ago I, I referenced um Tim Ferriss, the podcaster who often asks his uh, listeners um, or his, his guests the question, if you could put one phrase on a billboard, what would that phrase be, right? And the phrase I told the seniors that I would put on that billboard for others to learn from was make the call, mm-hmm. make the call. Because in my experience, the, the most uh, sort of professionally and personally um, shaping experiences have come because rather than wait for the experience to come to me, I have picked up the phone, reacted to the spam email rather than just ditch it. And on the other side of that call is the opportunity that shapes that shapes your life, right? So I'm, in, I'm sitting here listening to your two stories uh, uh, about um, initiative and uh, choosing to go, choosing to make the call or to take the step. And I think it's a really powerful lesson for anyone, really, regardless of what station in life you find yourself, um, that you, you know, sometimes you just have to go. Even for me coming to Dallas um, 10 and a half years ago was about ch- choosing to enter the possibility of coming here. And I think that's how, how life works. So Ingrid and Lauren, you ended up working in school space. Was that always, in, was that always the intent? Like, how did you all find your way to, to schools? Ingrid was at KIPP mm-hmm. um, previous to coming here, the, the charter school uh, yeah. program that also serves the South Dallas area. But how did you find your way to education? I kind of took a roundabout turn in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I majored in international studies. Mm-hmm. Um, was doing my senior project there, um, talking about the inequity in, e- in education in third world countries. And it really pushed me to think that there's a lot of inequities in my own backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, So after college, I knew I was gonna come back to Dallas, um, which led me to KIPP. Um, I always knew I wanted to give back. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, uh, Mr. Evans Mink really, Mm -hmm. with one conversation, changed my whole trajectory, but Mm -hmm. not not only for me, but for my siblings. Um, So worked at KIPP um, and did high school placement there. So helped kids apply to different high schools. And for me, it was rewarding to support them through a similar process that I went through at that same age. Um, through that, um, stuck with KIPP, ended up doing college counseling mm-hmm. for the same kids that I helped place out of middle school. Um, so kind of learned the ins and outs of the education system through their high school experience and now helping them post high school. 
and I served on the board of KIPP DFW the first 10 years or so. I just recently mm -hmm. stepped off that board, but you and I had uh, inter intersection there and uh, with Astra too, who mm -hmm. was doing some work in, the, in that space. Mm -hmm. And Lauren, I mean, again, you're, you kind of came out of the, 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 the marketing communication space at Baylor. I what, did. what were you thinking? Where, also, where were you thinking you were going? Well, I also had a little background in elementary education at Baylor as well, and I decided to kind of change my career path um, when I was in school. So I always was pulled, you know, my heartstrings were pulled working with kids, but um, just due to my timing there, I didn't fulfill the education portion of my, the el elementary education portion of my degree. Um, so I started substitute teaching here mm. uh, to kind of get my feet mm. on the ground. And next thing I know, it turned into Casey Faulkner, the uh, arts assistant calling me up saying, there's this opening in the advancement office, you know, Marcy McLean and Diane Weber, right? And Marcy McLean was, uh, she was director of admission back in my days in high school, so I knew her well. And uh, Diane Weber was my third grade teacher. And um, now she's director of alumni. So it just kind of made sense for me to, to be back here. And I, I knew, I always knew when I was in school at Baylor that I wanted to work at Parrish. Mm -hmm. I just had no idea how. Yeah. So here And I these am. are the odd levels of relationship that we're going to so kind of move into now and talk about where your third grade teacher is now your boss, <laughs> yes. or my freshman son is now in the math class with Brookie, who was oh a God. student here when I was the head of school, right, and, and <laughs> comes early to see Brookie because <laughs> he values those personal relationships in the same way that yeah. you all have referenced it, and Juan's dad is here, like all these sort of interesting uh, relationship elements that change and shift when you come back home again. Right, so you, yeah. Lauren, were interested in coming back here. You yeah. always maybe had in the back always. of your mind. Were the three of you in any way hesitant to come back, to come <laughs> home again? Like, I can't go back there. I can't, I, I can't take my evolving identity and try to fit it back into a place that knew me like when I was that Brookie or that Ingrid or that Juan, was there any hesitancy? Or were you pretty excited about the potential to come back? I was hesitant, like, um I I think I've changed a lot from the person I was in high school, mm -hmm. so I was really nervous to come back and kind of step out of that expectation or those memories of me as a student. Um, very hesitant to like even apply for this position at Parish. If it wasn't for Sam Suchala calling me every day mm -hmm. for a whole week, mm -hmm. I probably would not have applied. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like I was a very different person mm -hmm. then to who I am now. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, this is also a community that poured into me so much over the years mm -hmm. that it only seemed fitting for me to continue to give back and now at a place that helped shape me who I am today. Yeah, so you fought through that anxiety mm -hmm. or that sense of discomfort with, I just can't go back to a place where <laughs> I was that Ingrid and now I'm this Ingrid, right? How about you guys? Did you? Um, like I said earlier, for me, it's always been part of the plan to give back to yeah. those that have given to me. So um, as soon as this uh, position opened, mm -hmm. I jumped at it, and uh, without much much hesitation, you didn't feel uh, you didn't feel any kind of sense of identity blurring or um, any, any any sort of discomfort with it. Potentially. Uh, well, with any decision that I do make, um, you know, I I pray, mm -hmm. talk a little bit to God, and mm -hmm. kind of uh, feel things out, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, just within my my life experience, I know that if you don't take any risk, you won't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, you know, this opportunity is coming up and, uh, I don't, I don't want to look back and go, man, I should have taken that mm. opportunity when it was there, when yeah. it was there. Yeah. So I was like, you know, this opportunity is here and it's here for a reason. 
uh, you know, let me let me pray about let me pray about it. Let me talk to to my folks about mm -hmm. it. You know, people that are close to me, and and then uh, yeah, and then I made the decision to to come Brooke, on board. Brooke, you were about finishing up your Teach for America uh, mm -hmm. term. Yeah, it just uh, seemed like the right timing, and mm -hmm. I heard about this job because I made a LinkedIn account in January. And Mr. Jennings reached out to me on that. And then it just like one thing after another just fell right into place. And I will admit that I was hesitant to come back. Yeah. But I think that because my time here was so short lived, really, it was only three years. I just felt like God had more purpose for me here and like wanted me to come back. So what's the weirdest sensation that you've experienced uh, I'm sure there have been numerous, right? Because you've walked these halls very recently in all of your cases. You've walked these our, our oldest graduates are only 30 years old, right? The oldest parish Episcopal graduates are only 30 years old. So all of our graduates, if they walk these halls, see very recent images of themselves mm -hmm. and people who they knew when, right? Um, so what's the what are some of the weirdest sensations, experiences you've had kind of walking back here again in your new identity as employee? I, I thought the the faculty lounge was like something like <laughs> like I don't know I, I I was like what what's what's in there and then I come here and I'm like oh it's just a room it's just a room <laughs> yeah. all right well but I was like well the, I don't know it was it was weird yeah get, uh, being to get to walk to be, in to, yeah to go in there yeah. I'm like all right the secret oh, catacomb exactly. that you can never enter yeah yeah so that I, I guess that was a weird moment but I was just like oh okay it's just a room all that's right. a great one yeah that's a great one <laughs> who else. I mean, I think Jennings has always been kind of just like a role model, but of like a friend almost. All right. Um, so he was my JV basketball coach way back when, <laughs> and I stuck with it just because it was fun, not because I was any good at it. But now having Jennings as my boss has been very fun. Um, but it's almost like a welcoming sense because it's just like, oh, it's just Jennings. Yeah. Um, so it kind of relieves some of that pressure and anxiety. But I think just having that familiar face in this environment has been really awesome. I mean, do you walk by rooms and say, I remember mm -hmm. when this happened there, mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, you know, first boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, worst day of the worst day of your student existence or like, do those memories pop back up as you walk, even walk past places here or have you really grown through and past those? They initially, they did for me initially when I started here. Like see odd. little ghosts of yeah, yourself like, and ghosts so of weird. yeah, ghosts of experiences <laughs> past. It's grown on me now. Like it just feels like I'm walking in home. Yeah. Like everything yeah. just familiar and yeah, not weird any longer. Yeah, I was talking with some students the other day, and I was sitting at the table right outside, like where I teach now, like in that classroom. And I remember my group of friends would hang out there, and I was like, "Man, this is throwing me back like ten years." Yeah. <laughs> but here I am. Yeah, and so it doesn't feel weird, particularly. No. You sort of you get yeah. used to it that way. Yeah, yeah now that, that, that's just really fascinating to me um, as one who spent some time going back to where I, you know, work, went to high school, and I would mm -hmm. go back and and work in in uh, there during. Uh, during summer programs and you you'd walk around points of, of that place and, and really literally see ghosts yeah. or images of yes. yourself at a, oh, yeah. at a at a younger at a younger time but mm -hmm. realistically places like ours evolve and change just as people do so those things that may have been uh, very fundamental um, to you finding belonging here the values the sense of culture or community those can shift and shape and and uh, even externals of the school can change and then of course we all change as we refer to mm -hmm. so like when you when you think about the parish in which you exist now as an employee and the one that you're at as a as a student, what are some of the fundamentals that still feel 
very consistent and similar to you. And then maybe we can talk about some things that are like, whoa, it's way different than it used to be. Are there any things that are really fundamentally resonant and still very clear through lines back to when you were your students? That's what I would say. Yeah. Honor code. Because mm-hmm. some of the kids will try to be like, oh, no, we're allowed to do that. And I was like, I was here when they wrote it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what? And I was like, I was here when they wrote that. <laughs> I was like, I had a sign on that dotted line, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, you're not going to fool me. And they're like, wow, um, it's been that long. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, those those same things that they're trying to instill in you now, they've been doing it for a while. Yeah, so that's interesting because yeah. both you and Brookie have hit on two of our tenants. You mentioned Honor Now, and Brookie spoke earlier of service and how that became a propellant to her even in her work today, starting her nonprofit and, and whatnot. So would you say, Brookie, that's one of them that's been pretty, uh, pretty clearly connective between your time as a student and now? Absolutely. Yeah. All, yeah. all uh, six whole years ago when yeah. you were grad- when you <laughs> yeah. when you graduated yeah. six and a half. Absolutely. Any others that you uh, that that feel or uh, identify as similar? Um. Hmm. I mean, like I think just like chapel is mm-hmm. at the same time that it was when I was a student yeah. here. So it's just like very consistently, you know, implemented in the day yep. and. I I love that. Yeah, I, so I honestly miss that. Yeah, that daily chapel years. piece, yeah. that that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of the, the the traditions that have lived on for many years, the blessing of the animals, the uh, I'm trying to think what else, blanket like field day, day, grandparents mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yep. just some you know really cool things that that parish has decided to continue on and and stay firm in and. Um, and just the flexibility that the students have to be able to really dig into anything they really want to here. Mm-hmm. That has lived on since I remember. You know, yeah. if you wanted to play basketball, soccer, volleyball, but be in the play and choir, you could do that. Yep. And you still to this day can live that out yep. as a student here. Yeah, super engaged. Super, you know, super engaged. engaged student community here. Really, I say, I say that they are unquenchably thirsty like i found the yeah. parish kids do like if, if we if we throw it out there on the buffet or throw it yeah. out there on the on, on the on the line to consume they uh they will they will flock to it mm-hmm. uh, anything resonate with you ingrid relative to the commonalities or senses of of sim- similarity that you, that you i recall? think as much as parish has evolved it still has always remained student like centered um always valued the relationships i had with my teachers then and now working here, continuing to make sure that students have a voice in our priority. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's grown, it's very different from when we were here. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to see that teachers still put kids first and have um, their best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because we're so young, I mean, we are, oh, it's my 11th year, so we are so different than we were in 2009 when I got here. So I know how different we are from when 46 kids were running around with Lauren in the senior class upstairs with the great hall not even finished under, uh, you know, the great hall wasn't even done um, three quarters, uh, beyond three quarters of the way down. And then even from the time Brookie left in 2013, you know, six years after Lauren graduated, you know, the, the, the next six years from 2013 to now have seen um, growth. So like it's, it's I think on, on acceleration scale, so much more dramatic at a place like Parrish than it would be if you went to a more established school. So I know even when you come back and walk the place, it's hard to compare from a programmatic standpoint 
the difference between the school you experienced at the time and the school we are now. And I don't know how long that pace of change at Parrish will continue to be so demonstrably identifiable in five-year increments, but I suspect it's going to be for a while because we're in this mm-hmm. uh, sort of first-generation startup um, startup stage. So I know there's a lot about Parrish that's even different <coughs> in, in significant ways than when you were than when you were here too. But mm-hmm. I would say in closing that I mean we are we are um, excited about having you back, and that's not because other independent schools uh, you know don't have graduates. Most do. But the reality is we're, again, such a young school that to get young alumni back, all 30 years old or, or, or younger, um, to come back to this place, it is novel for us. Like, it is new. It is exciting. It is different. It is um, the ability for us to really take our cultural DNA and continue to evolve it in ways, as Juan was just signifying, where our present student body can um, really, for the first time, have somebody say, no, that's something we valued here for a long time, right? That's yeah. part of that's part of being a maturing school. So Absolutely. I wanted to have you guys back um, for our listeners to really understand that um, this is a, this is a, a, an excitingly unique experience for us to have six um, of our graduates now back here um, uh, on on uh, on our on our school campuses. When for other school communities, it may seem kind of passe. Like, well, yeah. what's the big deal? It's a big deal for us, <laughs> you know, to have you guys back. So thanks for coming. Thanks, thanks for coming. For yeah, thanks for coming yeah. on for me and spending some time talking about your, your recollections and uh, coming back to find your sense of belonging here as parish now as professionals. Appreciate the time. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this edition of the From My Angle podcast. Please share it with friends and colleagues in your network. I look forward to picking up the podcast and our belonging theme in early January after the holiday. In the meantime, from everyone here at Parish, I'm wishing you and yours a blessed holiday and the happiest of New Year's. And until the next time, thanks for joining me on From My Angle. <laughs>